Welcome back to a brand new episode of Vagina Slims. For those who are completely new around here, my name is Lauren Rose and I run this thing every two weeks on a Friday. So thanks for coming on back as usual. Um, yeah, these past two weeks have been um, not surreal. <laughs> it's been very real and um I don't know kind of depressing honestly but these past few days I've had this like rejuvenating wave of um this realization that Halloween is soon however different it may be this year but honestly my favorite episodes although I don't tend to re-listen of this show are my Halloween episodes because I get to play cool music and talk about movies and shit so I feel like it's nature's gift uh every season you know bring Halloween around because it just inspires so much um so yeah I'm excited we're gonna play a bunch of music grungier music that I haven't played in a while um and then talk about some things that I've been watching recently and I'm just excited this next month or two you know in terms of like content here I think will be really refreshing because I was just kind of over summer and the whole doom and gloom of the world and it's still there it's still there but um at least we can distract ourselves a little bit by indulging in creepy shit (laughs) so um Yeah, I'm just going to start us off strong today. This is Victims of the Vampire by Slaughter and the Dogs. Enjoy.
All right, starting off strong, like I said, that was Victims of the Vampire by Slaughter and the Dogs. Really great song. I used to have a huge, huge playlist of like Halloween music that I, I didn't create, someone else did online, probably back in the Tumblr days. So, uh, yeah, I don't have iTunes or anything, but I've tried to kind of migrate everything over to Spotify um, just to get a good, you know, like bank of music slotted for the season. So kind of rediscovering a lot of my old favorites, which is dope. Um, But yeah, so life. (laughs) Oh, life. Um, Good things have happened. I usually try to start with those things. Um, Well, my friend Fred, who I used to work with on a TV show last summer, I met up with him um, a couple times recently. Um, And I guess him and his buddies, when they were little, they used to work for distribution companies, um, like press departments, I guess. Um, And they would just go around to movie theaters and they would give out posters and all of that. And in return, like they'd get to keep a lot and maybe even see some kind of uh, screener. I don't, I don't, I really don't know how, how that worked, but um, he was really dope and he was going, he's going out for a job um, in Georgia, but he gave me these two awesome original posters. Um, one being Totally Fucked Up by Greg Araki, which I love. <laughs> And I, I'm just so scared to like damage them. Uh, so I got to, I got to like um, frame them. But I got that poster, and then he also gave me the original Children of the Corn poster, which is a Stephen King story, and that's just just like one of my favorite uh, movies. It's so cheesy. It's about like uh, this couple, and they're driving through this you know, cornfield area, and um, basically they discover this town that has been abandoned, seemingly, uh, and now children run it all because they killed all the adults, (laughs) and it's like this crazy, like, religious fanatic thing, and if you see the movie, it's just like, it's over the top, it's too much, but it's one of my favorites for some reason, so... Um, I'll try to share those posters in an actual post on the V-Slim's Instagram or my personal one so you guys can see them. But it was just like such a great gift. I am really thankful. So that was cool. And then I went to another drive-in. I don't think I've spoken about this since the last episode, but I went out to Malibu with my friend Julia, my new friend Alexander, um, and we went to the beach, which was awesome, you know, distanced, whatever, and then Outfest, which is a queer film festival in LA, they were having a screening at this crazy, like, bougie Malibu resort ranch thing um i think it's called calamigos ranch and resort um anyways so we saw a movie there that my friend actually worked on i think she helped produce it amelia um but it's called shiva baby 
and the director is Emma Sel- Seligman. I don't know if I pronounced that right. You guys know it's not my strong suit. However, it was a great film. It's this funny kind of tense uh, comedy, if that makes sense, about this girl who basically has this sugar daddy type figure. Um, and she also has that ex-girlfriend that she's not quite over. And she goes to um, essentially awake, if you're not familiar, and she sees the guy that she's been hooking up with there. And he has a wife and a baby. And she's like, told him all these lies about who she is and you know where she wants to go with life and her family is there and they're like oh you know everybody knows each other and so it's like this cringe-worthy really funny movie and I think it was a short um in the past so um I'll try to leave a link down below to any information about it but I think it might be playing at TIFF this year um which would be dope so but yeah, that was awesome. I mean, it was like one of the bougiest drive-ins that I've been to. And California really does, you know, go all out. But it was like these campgrounds with two screens. Um, and you could walk around and there were cows there. And it was just like insane. So that was a really great retreat. And it was cool to meet, you know, new people. And I've had friends who've worked for that festival before so um it was cool to check it out so yeah um but aside from that I've recently been getting into the Adams family um because I knew that it was a cartoon like in the 30s I think maybe late 30s um and I knew it was a tv show later on um and of course I knew about the movie so I kind of went on this dive um and so there was a tv show 1964 called the adams family and it was really um awesome it was just like the sitcom and i actually found some episodes that are on youtube for free so i'll leave them in the show notes for you all but i do know i i think it's on amazon prime um but it's this funny show and I remember my dad would always sing that song and it was kind of this beloved thing you know and then in 1991 they had the Adams Family movie with you know Christina Ricci as Wednesday Adams and Angelica Houston as Morticia um and I re-watched that because I feel like I've never really watched it completely and it was it was a good time you know um it's strange, like, having, like, just that air of movies, because you guys know I love Casper, and that came later on, and of course it has Ricci in it, but, um, I just love practical effects, you know, like, limited green screen, you know, but, but then again, there might have been more than I, you know, saw, because it just was so well done, um, but the real, dope ass movie is Adam's Family Values which has Joan Cusack in it um 
who is stunning and we stand in love and she you guys know she's in shameless which i used to watch all the time um but that movie like you never hear of sequels like being better than the original but that just had way more action and i don't know it was it was saucier like i think it was pg-13 whereas the other one was maybe g or pg um but yeah i've just been going down that road and i remember seeing a photo once i'll try to see if i can like find it again um but it was of the original adams family set in the 60s and the show was filmed in black and white um which is very fitting but um it was interesting because someone I don't know if it's real or not, but they found a photo of what the set actually looked like. Um, and it was just so colorful um, because it was shot in black and white. You know, set deck, production designers, you don't have to worry about color, just tone. So it was really interesting um, to see that juxtaposition, you know. But yeah, it just was perfect because it kind of set me up for this, you know, Halloween season by going to the roots, you know, like I went on that Dracula phase before, but um, I don't know. I just feel like it'd be so fun to to like work on a movie that has all these like historical ties and references. And you could tell, you know, they took things from the t- TV show to the movie, you know, certain motifs and references and then likewise for the comic. So love that. Another weird little fun fact that I found out was that Angelica Houston, which, by the way, Cher wanted her role um, and didn't get it, which, yeah, that's fine. You know, that's fine. Um, but apparently Angelica Houston drew inspiration from the movie Grey Gardens for her role, which I thought was interesting. And I know that they definitely like did that did like an eye lift on her with like spirit gum and like you know uh not wires but they would just basically pull back her face to make her look super snatched and in every film from the 90s that they did of the Adams family they'd always do this really cool like white cast um light like on her eyes and then the rest is just like a dark shadow and yeah she looks stunning so If you haven't seen any of the things that I mentioned thus far, I definitely would recommend. But yeah, that's been getting me through. Um, So, okay, let's transition. Um, I feel like I might have played this here before, but you all know my memory is shit. Um, But this is the birthday party, some early Nick Cave with Release the Bats. So enjoy.
All right, welcome back. That was the birthday party with Release the Bats. So, so good. Um, all right, so... Oh, one thing I do want to mention is I've been watching this new show on HBO, which has been on my radar for a minute, um, but it's called Lovecraft Country. And I'm not a huge, you know, sci-fi gal or even like horror. Um, I guess I like horror. I don't like gore. You know what I mean? Like excessive blood and I also don't love CGI, whatever, (laughs) not really selling this, but it's been a really interesting show to watch. Um, It's kind of based off of this novelist, H.P. Lovecraft, who I also don't know so much about. So I feel like if I knew more, um, basically this show is just like full of Easter eggs and it's this sci-fi horror and also it connects racism in the United States. It's a period piece. Um, and a lot of people have been loving it. So I've really been like keeping tabs on just, you know, the community like response to it because people are picking up a lot of really great things that the, the crew has put in. But, you know, I, when I watch, I think it was the first episode, which by the way, they put on YouTube for free, which is dope. So I'll leave the link down below. Um, but one of the sets, it's in a segregated South, I believe. Um, and at least two scenes. So two sets were literal replications of, um, these photographs by Gordon Parks. Um, I don't know if, if you guys know him. He was a photojournalist and he often would document these segregated spaces um, in the South. So when I first saw those images, um, I was like, okay, damn, like they really know, you know, how to pull on these um, references, you know? So it's been really interesting to watch um there have been some things that aren't quite my vibe and then some things that I'm like okay I really like this but Jonathan Majors who he was in The Last Black Man in San Francisco he's the lead of this show and he's fucking fantastic I really love him and he's so ripped um (laughs) it's just yeah that's just really that's intense like his arms are intense um and then Courtney Vance is also amazing and he was in American Crime Story the Versace one Versace whatever um (laughs) so a lot of the cast is like super great and it's definitely a show that I'm gonna continue to watch um so yeah, HBO always coming through, my favorite. Um, okay, so we're going to answer some questions before I leave. And if anybody wants to submit questions, just go to my Vagina Slims Instagram, which I'll leave below, or my personal. I usually post a story about a day or two before the episode airs, taking questions. So just keep a tab on the stories um okay 
Addison K zero says, do you have a letterbox? No, I do not. I will get one. I'm just slow to the game. Mint man says favorite albums to get you through a hard time. Um, hmm. This might be really cheesy, but like pet sounds by the beach boys, because it's like kind of depressing (laughs) and, also uplifting in a weird way and very California. Um, that's one of my favorites. And then like anything Cocteau Twins, like Heaven or Las Vegas, you know. Um, but there isn't much music that's like happy that I listen to um, that will instantly get me, you know, I don't know, happy. <laughs> Does it make sense? Um Michelada, I don't know if I said that right, says, advice for someone who wants to dive into the world of creative freelance, is school worth it? Um, I think if you're studying like anything in liberal arts, school, for the most part, is not worth it. I regret, being that I am a freelancer, I regret paying for all that school and having these loans and I even had a little help from my family for a portion of it too so um I don't know unless you think you can really benefit from like someone at the school that you're learning from or you know like a certain teacher or something um I don't think it hurts to just try your freelance you know before school even starts um it depends on I guess your medium and what you want to do but you know internships and mentor mentee relationships really go a long way instead of like being at college and going to like courses that you don't even want to study in the future you know what I mean because they're like required um but just advice is like always keep record of like all of your receipts and you know your pay stubs like be super organized so something that I struggled with at first so I was just fixated on getting a new project and then you know tax season comes and it's kind of a hot mess but I definitely you know recommend it because you know everyone should be having multiple streams of income in this day and age because you can't rely on any one job to support you because the world is ending so (laughs) i hope that was kind of helpful um 16 outs cult i don't know if i said that right um what are your thoughts on reselling thrift finds price for vintage anything has gone up um I know this is like a hot topic, but I'm not really invested in that topic. You know what I mean? Like, I know people get pissed um, because a lot of like Depop girls will say it. Um, It's been like thrifting weird like baby shirts and reselling them for like 50 bucks a pop. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. But there was a point in my life where I, you know, I resold vintage clothes and it was cool. It was fun because I would get stuff that wouldn't fit me, but I knew people would love it. But at the same time, I didn't mark it up astronomically, you know? So 
I think there's like a fine line. If you're literally just, you know, emptying out Value Village to sell it on your, you know, website thing or Depop, I think that's kind of morally questionable, especially if your prices are crazy. But also it's like, it's hard when you resell stuff because you have to, you know, the reseller takes a cut and then, you know, you have to pay for shipping and all your supplies. So I don't know. I think as long as people aren't being dumb about it, like it definitely is an art in itself, you know, the act of curation. And if you can find stuff on those apps or whatever, that's, you know, a little bit more than you'd pay at a thrift store, but but cool and unique to have, you know, I don't really see a problem, but I definitely get where people are, you know, knocking on others for, so. Um, okay, last question. Amaka Mata, I don't know if I said that right, again, <laughs> how many times will I say that? Um, any tips for current film students? Well, I don't know how school looks like right now for you guys. Um, but something that I always say is like, or that I always think is just to curate your taste like all the time. Like if you really like a movie, you know, research every person on that movie and see what they contributed and, you know, figure out what is that special thing about that movie that you like and that you can, you know, take into your own own practice whether it's like editing or you know, cinematography or whatever um and just always be taking in new movies and curating and updating your preferences because you know some of the most like magical moments is when you talk to other you know filmmakers or creatives and you know like another obscure film or you have the same passion for Casper or whatever and immediately like you click with that person I feel like people who go into filmmaking who don't you know have a love for film it they can get far technically um in terms of like technical skills or whatever but like people really just lose their shit when you're bonding over um the art of it you know what I mean so I think now with quarantine and everything like I say this like it's easy but it's kind of been hard for me but just always updating and watching new things and learning because no one's ever gonna know like the entire history of cinema and all the movies out there so just find your path and keep on cultivating so yeah that's episode Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I'll be back in two weeks, but hit up the Vagina Slims Instagram for supplemental videos and images from what we talked about today. And then, of course, if you want to submit in the future, um, just follow that Instagram. So I'm going to exit with a band that I played before for sure. This is satan's pilgrims um it's a surf kind of spooky band right california and this is called creep beat so thanks everyone and we'll talk soon bye